Hello, Athlete Mindset community. This is Lisa Bontasumi, the host of Athlete Mindset. Before we dive into this episode, I want to invite you to support the mission and purpose of our show. For $10 a month, you can help to make sure these conversations get to as many athletes, teams, coaches, and sport mental health environments as possible. As a subscriber, you will receive exclusive content and updates on current topics in athlete mental health, and you'll be directly contributing to the betterment of mental health for all athletes. Join the cause. Subscribe at sportse.io slash athlete and make a difference today. Again, that's sportse.io slash athlete. With your support and amplification, we can ensure more voices are heard and more individuals and communities are positively impacted. I'm so excited to be here for another episode of the Athlete Mindset Podcast. I am sitting here with Ms. Danita Johnson, the President of Business Operations at DC United. What's up? How are you today? I am wonderful. It is a good day. It is. And we're going to have fun with this. We're going to have a conversation. So I'm going to tell the people a little bit about you, and then we're going to jump right in. If you don't know, Danita Johnson is a seasoned sports and entertainment executive and member of Sports Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Class of 2023 and Essence Power 40 Class of 2023. Over her 17-year career, Johnson has successfully launched a professional franchise, established an award-winning community relations program, delivered record-breaking ticket sales for multiple organizations, and created additional sustainable revenue streams through a unique approach to event operations, apparel design, and marketing. Not to mention currently, as I said, she serves as the president of business operations for Major League Soccer's most decorated club. I was about to say MLS because that's how we talk. DC United, a role she has held since January 2021. Notably, she is the first Black president of an MLS club and only the third woman in league history to serve in this role. Wow. I'm like fanning right now a little bit. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. We met a few months ago in Miami at Soccer X. We were on the same panel the Wellness Universe panel talking about corporate wellness, wellness for our people. So I'm just so excited that we get to kind of jump in and have a little bit more of a conversation. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So as the president of business operations at DC United, for those of us who don't know what your day-to-day might be like, what guides you in your role day in and day out? Like what guides you bigger than just the tasks of the day, right? What guides you? Yeah, I think... You know, for me, it's funny. I was actually talking to my assistant this morning and like running through notes of my head and was just like, don't let me forget anything. That was my call about an hour ago. (laughs) But I think part of my guide in all this is like, how do I continue to make the business better? And there's multiple layers and elements in doing that. But I think from a day-to-day perspective, it's like, how do I make our business better every Uh single day I wake up? Mm-hmm. And what key factors and things need attention within that day to make it better than it was the day before? Mm, I love that. I really believe that's like the foundation of like people are always like, well, what do you do every day? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing every single day in different ways. And the tasks that fall underneath that, whether it's making sure our sales are right, whether it's bringing on a new client, whether it's investing in new projects and evaluating them, 
whether it's working with our people and helping them through a day or teaching uh-huh. them something new, all those things really boil up to making our business a little better every single day. I love that. I mean, we, you and I, in our industry, in football and soccer, we talk about being 1% better every day, like what, what that entails. And I heard you say key intentions. What are the key intentions that guide you in that decision-making process? Because you can go any which way with it sometimes, I'm sure. Yeah. It's funny. It was like, I told somebody about this yesterday. I always started out whenever I did this type of work is like consistency and communication mm-hmm. as my two C's of everything that drives us. But now in my little philosophy in my mind, the third C is commitment. So consistency, mm-hmm. communication, and commitment. I think those are the pieces that really help to influence. So think about this as an example. You can mm-hmm. have a project, right, that may take 30 days to do or, you know, a season in itself, right, a full season. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, you have to be consistent in the work that you're doing. You have to communicate with others throughout the process and you have to be committed to it in order to really bring it to life. And so those are the things that underlie to like the factors and like there's examples that go underneath that, but that really is what I kind of keep my mindset on that. I love that. I love that. Ed, and it is a mindset. It is a mindset because we could get distracted internally, externally brought here and there and like, well, is this kind of going through and sort of exemplifying my intentions, my values, how I want to run it, right? And if you stick with consistency across your values, your intentions, yeah. and those things, and you're consistent in that, right? And your level of commitment of being consistent in that, it's going to drive it forward. It's going to make the result happen. I love it. For sure. For sure. I learned when we shared the panel at Soccer X that you are very people-centered. Very, very much so. How does that show up in the way that you support your staff? I think it shows up in multiple ways. I think it shows up in ways beyond just the results of the work. Mm-hmm. People-centric because I can't do this by myself, mm. right? Like I can't. And the people around me make me better and better. I actually posted something on my Instagram stories and it was talking about how the best leaders understand that having good people that make up for their weaknesses is not a threat. Mm. It's an ability to help you be better. Mm. And if you have that own sense to be humble and to understand that and not even to be threatened by your own people of things where you might find gaps, together you're going to do great things. And so I think, you know, when it comes to my people, it's about showing up for them personally, professionally, growth-wise, like as a whole. Mm-hmm. I would show up for a friend. And I know a lot, you know, people get the blurred lines of friends and work. But I think there is a version of a professional friend, a professional leader that can bring light to your day beyond just the tasks that you get done every day. When I sit and, you know, some of my young folks, we love to talk about like the Kardashians and scams or things like that. (laughs) And when they're out there having lunch, we'll have a five to 10 minute conversation about that. And when they're excited, like, oh, look what I got. And I get excited with them. That goes beyond like the work we're going to do the next day, but it's also getting to know them and engage with them. But then at the same time, having the ability to create programs that enrich them, such as our Flex program that we created here for our mid-tier management, where they have a cohort of about 10 managers that are in their like first to third year of managing people that Uh teach them how to be a better leader, teaches them how to find the gaps within themselves at a very critical time where often 
that group does not get the training as much as you do when whether you're an executive and have an executive coach or whether you're the, starting in year one and you're in sales training every other week, right? We, we right. get about those. So how are we servicing our employees at all levels is what I think about. And being like authentically myself and bringing that to work every day to engage with them and get to know them, I think really does help to broaden the relationship. It makes the environment better. It makes the work better. For sure. For sure. Like we're a little all over the place there, but hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) No, absolutely. No, I love everything you're saying. I mean, a couple of things I've pulled from it are that, you know, you value process over outcome, which is huge Mm -hmm. and a particular mindset that we have to cultivate and develop over time. So I love that. The professional friend. I was going to ask you, who's your work wife or your work husband? (laughs) (laughs) I used to have those back in the day. I don't have them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But you have work professional friends. I love it. And I love that it goes beyond, but then it adds to it because you're going beyond. It adds to work. It adds to the group dynamic. I love it. All amazing. And the Flex program, super cool. I mean, that's just a a tangible way of like taking care of your people, right? I mean. It leads to my next question in that, you know, what initiative or programming are you most proud of in 2023? Maybe it's the Flex program, maybe it's something else. And then I'll say that it's a part two. So just for that one, what initiative or program are you most proud of in 2023? Direct to my people, it would definitely probably be our Flex program. Okay. We just did our all staff retreat and we actually had them come in and speak about it. And they developed a presentation for the rest of the staff to showcase why they you know, because you had to apply for the program. We made uh-huh. it a big thing. It wasn't just like, oh, I pick people. Mm. I had to step up and say, this is something one to do. Went through an application process. Uh, we have an outside firm that's helped along with this program. And, you know, they spent a year in this program and they presented to the rest of our staff about what they learned, why they enjoyed the program, their key takeaways and how it's going to help them in the future. Wow. And It was such a beautiful experience. And then I joined them on stage and was able to talk about, and they asked me like, why did I start this? Mm. What mattered to me? And I told them, I said, part of my career, I was 26 when I was a director. Mm. And I remember knowing the, what I knew, I knew sales and other things. I was a director of sales at 26. And everybody on my team was like either my age or double my age. Mm -hmm. And I was figuring out a lot of things, figuring out emotions, figuring out people and management. And like, it makes me so proud to, and I told myself back then, if I ever had the opportunity to lead a team, I would do something like that. Mm -hmm. And to watch them talk about it and then to be able to share my personal story with all of the staff of actually why I wanted to do this was a very, very full circle moment for me. And Mm. I take a lot of pride in that. As you should, as you should. I mean, I think it's amazing when you put your heart and soul into something that you wish you had when you were at that stage of your career. It's just that much more meaningful for everybody involved. So that's amazing. So cool. What is the top key takeaway that the participants from the Flex program said that they they took away from it? There was a couple of things. I'll give you some like hints on uh, a little bit. One of them was, they realized their definition of what they thought a leader was, was different. Mm. And they realized, and it was always a big thing for me. I always want people to lead. You don't have to have a title to lead. And it was one of their big realizations that, you know, I could lead from like multiple places and my leadership style did not have to match or mimic whether it was myself or somebody else's, that it could be their own. And that probably of all the things, is exactly what I want. One of the things, outside of the skills they got in management, 
But for them to understand, you didn't have to be somebody else. Mm. That they could show up as themselves and lead in a way that was authentic to them. That right there probably is one of my favorite things. I mean, drop the mic right now, right? I mean, like, <laughs> and I think it's simple, but not easy, if that makes sense, because people have to feel like who they are is enough. You know, like being in yourself, you don't have to apologize for, but you can like show up and be and like create your own vibe and your own way of leading and being yourself. And I think that's so valuable and healing and probably super empowering for them. Yeah. And the fact that we can create a safe enough space for them. For sure. To do sure. it. I love that. So cool. So cool. So give us a glimpse of what maybe you're planning for in 2024. You don't need to spill the beans entirely, but like a little sense of like any other like really pride-filled, purpose-driven, people-centered programming or initiatives that you have in the line. I think, you know, ours is, you know, for me and my team, this is the first season I've gone in since I've been here at DC United with a full executive team like mm-hmm. ready. And a lot of it, you know, as COVID happened, other things I've built, I've been building this for three years. Mm-hmm. And I think what I am excited to see is a cohesive nature around my executive leadership team mm-hmm. because they are starting to get into a workflow together. We are already seeing it in the results. I mean, our season ticket sales are up. We're seeing it in our marketing impressions. We're seeing it in our merchandise we're seeing it already and the season hasn't started Hmm. i am so excited for them to witness their magic when it comes together Mm. and when they have finally started to like get in the pocket of each other and understand how to work together how to communicate they'll always have ups and downs but like they're becoming consistent and what that does is it's going to trickle down to every one of the layers of our staff and it starts with them And I've always said that. And I think they're finally starting to see it. And they're finally starting to see the power of when they work together. I'm ready to see them just accelerate. Yeah. I mean, you all can't see Danita right now, but like you probably can hear it, the passion behind it. Like it's so cool. Like I can feel it come through the screen. I mean, again, the leadership comes from making your people better and you feel it. And like, it's so exciting. And like, wow, that's such a cool thing to experience with you. You've been a high-level C executive in sports for many years. Tell me how it all started. Like, you know, where did this come from? Where does, you know, like, did you wake up one day and say, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, where did, how did it evolve? You know, what's funny is I used to say I didn't want to do it. Hmm. I really did. I think I would get scared sometimes. I hmm. think there was points, like, as I was, like, going up in the ranks and, like, became a director and, like, senior director, those things. I was like, I didn't think I wanted that level of pressure. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I want to do something else. I always used to like lean to just saying, I'll just go consult on the side and do that. That used to be me. But I think what happened was I kind of got addicted to the build, the build of the team Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. I started to open in a different way where it was almost like visionary of starting to see like, how this could all work. And it was like, I could see the departments working. I could see how the different things could affect one another. And I think that's when I tried to transition as a leader because my perspective changed. I wasn't looking just at it in one angle. And I realized I would sit in rooms 
and I could quickly decipher between multiple ways in which something could be done or how different viewpoints came together or even like I could watch somebody and tell if they were having a good day or a bad day by just watching how they entered the room differently that day. It was the observations I started to pick up on that really started to be like, I see how I could play a part in building teams in a way that I hadn't seen before. And I think that's part of what started to motivate me. And at the core of me, I'm a seller. I love selling. I love revenue. I love making deals. I like doing that. Mm. I it forward. Like I can be just as kind, but I can be just as aggressive, right? So the other side of me, it was like all this pieces of me got to show up in different ways. Mm. And so that's kind of what attracted me to like the leadership because it was like, I could be compassionate. I could be aggressive. I could do all these different things. I could build something from scratch where in certain areas before I couldn't necessarily get access to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I get to live in my purpose doing this type of work. That's so amazing. Wow. I mean, in so many ways, I'm like, oh, she can do that. She can do this. Where did she learn that? How did you learn to pick up on people's cues that way? Like, is that from education, training? Is it your upbringing? Like, where did that come from? I think upbringing-wise, I was always quiet. I was always shy, right? Except for, like, my close friends and family. But I was, like, the personality I am today, I was not this. (laughs) It took time. Mm -hmm. I think it came in over the years of building confidence, honestly. Mm. Like, it was step by step. You know, some people think this stuff happens overnight or things. Right. You're the 40 and the 40s and all that. But, like, there was 20 plus years of just doing this every single day. It's almost like in the very beginning when you pick up the sales phone over and over and you make 100 calls a day and you're like, oh my goodness, I never want to make another one. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've practiced. Like I've practiced when I got it wrong, when somebody said something to me and I didn't approach it the right way back. I've practiced, you know, looking around the room to try to figure out what was happening and then seeing, oh, common cues that were going on. Mm-hmm. It's practice. It was putting in the work, reps. Yeah, like that's it. Like it was the work. It was the work of being like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that to my staff in that way. Let me try that again differently. (laughs) Right. It was that deal that fell through and it felt like it was the end of the world that I was like, all right, we're going to do another one. And, you know, we just finished and we're working on a big deal right now that we've been working on for the past couple months. And I'm the calmest I've ever been at a deal of this level. Mm. And I was telling a good friend, I said, I said, it's because I've been there before. Mm-hmm. So you approach it differently. That's so I right. think a lot of that, you know, we want to rush and go, but there is beauty in the journey. For sure. For sure. And some of that beauty strengthens you for the big fights because I still know there's going to be big things that are going to shock me and take me down in different days, but I'm more prepared of how to handle them and how to mm-hmm. handle myself. Mm. Mm, that's key. That's key. Handle them, handle yourself. Like, I mean, you could be one of your players on DC United talking about the process over the outcome, putting in the reps, training, being there before, not being intimidated by the big moment or the sort of big game, the situation, the pressure. But you're speaking about confidence grows through being there, fixing it when it's not great, making adjustments, pivoting, being humble. I mean, you're very down to earth. Which I think people would be very, very surprised by. Like, what president business operations at DC United? Like, what? Like, you're very approachable. You're very down to earth, even at Soccer X now. And I think that's important for people to see yeah. because people who want to maybe 
emulate you or role model after you or like be you and maybe see themselves in this position someday, they know you don't have to be like the superhero that's like this person who's unattainable, Yeah, you know? And I think that's a huge gift that you're giving all of us who are listening, you know? Yes, absolutely. So how did you feel when you were awarded the Essence Magazine's 2023 Power 40 list? Let's just ask it. What was that like? You know, when they told me, I was like, okay, you know, I've gotten awards. It's when I saw the imagery. That's when it got me. When they they sent me a preview of the cover. And I was like, oh, that's what this is. (laughs) Because it's like me, LeBron's on there, Mav's on there. I'm literally sitting in this image with them and the the woman um in music as well. I'm sorry, it needs to escape me at the moment. I'm so sorry. But it was seeing my face next to theirs and seeing it when I flip the page and you see the outline and there's Sheila Johnson and it's representing people that are in business. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm a woman. It's not just because I'm black. It's also because I'm in business. It may be a dominantly black publication, but when you think about the history of Essence Magazine and what it's done and the elevation it's given to so many platforms, and I thought about really like my parents and my grandparents, Mm. like the pride that they had to walk in that store and buy that magazine and open it up and see me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is where oftentimes a lot of things happen, you get recognized, but in our communities and the history of that, for them to just be like, I'm going to go to the corner store and I'm going to pick up a magazine. She's going to be there for the work that she's done. And they know how much I've sacrificed. They know how many holidays and things I've missed and how much I've moved away and all of those things. For them to be able to celebrate those moments with me is the best. Wow. Wow. That's super moving. And very sweet and generous, you know? It's not you going to the corner store and picking it up and like, oh, that's me. Like, oh my God. But it's the people who are closest to you and who are the most proud of you that you're giving that gift to. So very awesome, sweet. The travel, I have to touch on that for a second. I know the impact it makes on the players, on the coaches. But we forget that you have, you and your leadership role and what what you do, it also requires that from you. Like, how do you do that day in and day out, year after year? I think it's two versions for me, right? It's the moving travel for work overall. Like if I change jobs and then more now than ever, it's like the professional travel is picked up too. And I think it's funny. I try to just, if I'm traveling, whenever I come home, I try to get immediately back into routine. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. Because sometimes it's, you know, between your personal life, your business, all these things. I was working out my training last night and I go, you know, I haven't been home like four or five weeks in a row in months. And he was like, whether it was either personal or business or something going on or taking care of family. And I was like, I haven't been in my home for like, even if it's like an overnight trip, you know? And I was telling him, I said, it's so hard because it's been like this for about two years now, like just on the move that I was like, I didn't realize how much I hadn't stopped. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what's happened for me and what I've been trying to figure out and balance is like a new normal and part of it. 
yep. that going to be in this manner where I'm going to move around and do these things and not be at home as much. But like, so now I'm working on like a new cadence that like when I arrive back, how do I like put myself in a successful place for like a pattern of normal behavior for, for comfort, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's preparation and carving more time for myself to quietly think because I feel like sometimes we all get moving so fast we never create space for ourselves to think. And so one of the things I've been working on is the intentionality and being intentional about space to think mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. quiet moments for myself. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Good for you. And maybe even resting. Yeah. Resting the brain, not thinking. <laughs> yep. You think all the time or thinking about the things you want to think about. That's not- really good. <laughs> I mean, routine, preparation. I mean, again, you're speaking like a like a high-level seasoned athlete, but I think that the, what you do at the level you do it and all the players in your club and around the MLS are high performers. You all have to figure out how to, yes, stay confident, keep a routine, prepare, deal with the pressure, find a reason bigger than yourself in your mm-hmm. purpose and live in your values. I mean, like you all have to do that. And I think people minimize it and like think like, ah, like she's there, she's good. She don't need to like take any ex- extra attention, but you are taking care of your well-being day in and day out. It goes back to the name of the podcast. We're talking about athlete mindset. That's exactly yeah. what it is. To accelerate in these spaces, like the Kobe's, Michael Jordan, LeBron's, Candace Parker, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, like there's a mindset to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, most people never ever have the chance to tap into that level of their mindset, which limits them in this world. And if you can tap into that, remember in, uh, was it Jerry Maguire when they were like the Quan? Is that what he says in Jerry Maguire? Yeah, it's not like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's talking about it's this a- other place you get to. Mm-hmm. And you watch so many people in business or in sport limit themselves because they can't get past themselves to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's mindset. Yep. It's so key to make a difference. For sure. For sure. I think people, there's a lot of barriers to really believing that it can help. Mm-hmm. A lot of stigma, a lot of like narrative culturally, ethnically, racially, gender wise that like, no, I can't do that. That doesn't make sense to me. You're like, that's too woo woo. Or whatever, right. Right? right? But all of the top performers in whatever industry you're in, and all those athletes you named, were successful away from their sport as well. Mm-hmm. You know, transferring all of that yeah. that they learned from their sport and gave to the sport to take it out to their communities, out into business. Like, it's people need to recognize that too. And I think that you do an excellent job of doing that and uplifting it in the people around you, which is it's excellent. What would you? like to say as my final question to all of those young girls who look like you who are striving to work in sports what would you say to all of those young girls you know i think i say to them like this is a space you have to learn to navigate Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you can't be yourself but Mm -hmm. you also have to understand you're going to enter uncharted waters that are going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be different. They're not natural 
to a lot of us of what we were born naturally to understand, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with that comes discomfort, it comes challenge, but there also becomes opportunity, right? And I think the opportunity is there is, how do you show up in that? How do you bring yourself to that? How do you help add to change to environments, right? And your effect will happen over time. A lot of times we want the big splash. As you talked about the 1%, maybe sometimes just focus on your 1% that day to know it's going to add up. Because if you're only focused on the finish line, sometimes it seems so far away, you might give up before you ever get there. So just focus on that 1%. Get a little bit better each day. Lean in to doing something a little bit different, but still holding on true to who you are. Mm, so valuable. I want to like put all of that and some of it on bumper stickers around and like distribute. <laughs> this is what Ms. Danita said. But thank you so much for sharing your heart, your time. I know you're a busy, busy woman. I feel very honored and privileged to have sat with you here. And I can't wait for everybody to hear, you know, this conversation and what you have to bring and add to everybody's life with it. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. These are things that make my day better. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Athlete Mindset is part of the CASORS Podcast Network. At CASORS, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching CASSource on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the CASSource Podcast Network.